Welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. The topic today is crop rotation, with special emphasis on rotation as a tool to manage disease. For canola, we talk a lot about rotation to manage club root, but rotation is also important for blackleg as well as many cereal and pulse diseases. This podcast is a little different. It is mostly a conversation between Corey Jacob and Keith Fournier. Uh, Corey Jacob, uh, Provincial Specialist for Oilseed Crops with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Keith Fournier, Bone Rock, Saskatchewan, and Director with SAS Canola. I come in at the end with a recap of the six ingredients in the club root management recipe, but this podcast is all about Corey and Keith. Uh, I guess, Keith, can you start by telling us just kind of like, you know, where do you farm? How long have you been farming? Um, kind of the, the size of your farming operation? So the home base of the farm is uh, south of Lloydminster. I'm, I'm just a couple of miles off of the Alberta border. Our farm is spread out a fair little bit. Uh, we do have some land which is up in a, just north of Maidstone area. I farm with my, my brother-in-law. And this year, just uh, just started working in my daughter and son-in-law into the farming operation. But we, with the with the group of us, we we farm four thousand acres. So on the farm, there, Keith, what what crops do you grow? Uh, typically, or your typical rotation? So typical rotation we've got for for this farm is where we we're on a six-year rotation. So out of that six years, we'll have a cereal in every second year, and the last few years, it's been we've be, wheat has been the cereal that we've put in, and then we'll have canola two out of the six years, and we'll have peas in one out of the six years. Although that that peas one out of six years, we are kicking around to to possibly putting some faba beans in in place of those in some of our wetter areas, just because the root rots are are coming in. What does crop rotation mean to you, Keith? Do you have kind of a, a meaning or a way that you look at it? Profitability has to be there, but but it has to be balanced with risk. And so so with being on a six-year rotation, like we're we're never putting a cereal onto a cereal, so so that ends up cutting down on some leaf diseases and and as well as insects. And with the canola, we've it will we'll have our canola in with a one-year break, and then the next time canola goes in, it will have a three-year break. And so then that that's just to in our mind that that just reduces risk for I guess it'd be for insects, but also for your diseases, your club roots and your black legs. Allows some residues to break down, some spore loads to come down if we did end up with club root on our land. Are you varying it up between herbicide tolerant systems or, or varieties or, or club root uh, resistant genetics or, or anything along those lines? Or do you keep it pretty straight and narrow with your canola in your rotation? Every, every acre of canola that, that goes in is of a club root resistant variety. We do rotate between a Roundup Ready canola and a Liberty canola for um, when, we, when we go in. And that way, um, I guess you know it. it um, hopefully, we we can get some of the the genetics in there. That the club root genetics are are pretty easy to know because they're they're pretty much on the label. But the black leg genetics aren't so well known, and we haven't tested for those neither to know which pathogen we've got. So I just feel that when we 
when we change herbicide tolerance systems in our canola that hopefully we're able to get some different resistance genetics in there for black like i'm I'm assuming you're noticing that your farm is still profitable we're We're still finding that the profits are there. And canola is still our most profitable crop, but we've but we've got you know there, we've had a lot of years that that peas are are just right on the, the tail of canola for being profitable, and some of the costs you know are a little bit lower in the peas. We've been able to to get some really good yields here the last few years. And so, and so that you know, put, putting peas in. I know there's there's some farmers that don't want to that aren't considering a pulse in a rotation, but we found that by incorporating a pulse in there, that every six years, that we're that we're not really affecting our profitability at all. And then with then having cereals every second year, and either putting a pulse or an oil CB between. That, um, that that cereal within that cereal rotation, we just find that with the with the least diseases and I don't know we we just found that our yields been have been pretty darn good on our cereals and we're still able to make a profit with that too. No, well that that's definitely great to hear that and I'm you know when you talked about your 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 daughter and son-in-law coming into the farm, I kind of it's the overarching whole idea that the farm might be more long-term. Um, sustainable and viable when we have a a good plan and a good crop rotation there that we're you know we're kind of setting ourselves up that the next generation can take over and, and not have any foreseeing issues so I, I definitely like you know like that Keith that it looks very good long term for and kind of long term planning on your part as well because you you know you're kind of setting up, up another uh, generation to come in behind you and and another generation coming in behind is definitely is definitely part of that. You want and you want to have that farm set up. You want to reduce the the risk for them. So, but there there's probably another step to it, and that just comes from that just comes from from some pride to know that that you you've got that good rotation. You're looking after that soil. You're you're keeping some of the the diseases lower. So that, so that you know, just maintain profitability because even for myself, even with the next generation not coming in, I mean, I still plan on farming on this farm for a few more years. But I think most farmers, I mean, there, there's a lot of pride there, and they they take pride in in you know being able to maintain those yields and also take that pride in in knowing that they're looking after the soil, and and so that. That plays a, just as big of a factor, probably, as what the next generation coming in does. Um, you know, in Saskatchewan, unfortunately, we have club root present. Um, definitely, in kind of you know north northwestern Saskatchewan, north central Saskatchewan, there's a quite a presence um, of it. Is there anything else you're doing on your farm to kind of be to kind of be monitoring for club root? Um, you know, in, in kind of a preventative strategy. It sounds like you're you're fortunate that you don't have club root. Uh, um, suspected or detected on your farm, which is great, but there's a lot of different strategies a farmer could use around, you know, detecting it and being very preventative. Yeah, I mean, we we don't have it on our farm that we know of, but I mean, farming farming two miles off the Alberta border, I I know that I know that there's club root present within within a few miles of our farm, and so so always approach that as when when you have club root that close. You have to farm assuming that you've got it yourself. 
and take those same per take those same precautions. Number one is scouting. You know, going out and and you know if you see if there's any suspicious areas in the field, I mean you, you're you're having a look at that, and you're you've always got in the back of your mind, you know, whether whether you go out for a crop scout or you're on the swather or you're on the combine, you know, if you're, you're going to be straight cutting on the combine. Or, or even the, the person on the sprayer, you've always got in the back of your mind that that you you're you're just taking note of what that crop is like, and if there's any spots in the field that are a little different, you you want to go and investigate what that is. And so, so the scouting becomes you know is is a key thing. But but I mean, the scouting is not only just for club root. I mean, that that scouting covers so many things. So I think it's just sort of natural uh, with farmers that. That you'd end up that that's part of your your farming program, but I've also I've also gone to where I've done some I guess rough cleaning of machinery of my drill. And when I leave the, the field, I've tried not to make sure that I didn't go through that that wet spot that slew last, so that the so the the drill and the and the tractor tires are all mudded up. So if I can. If I can go to that wet spot and then get back out into the rest of the field for half, three quarters of an hour, and then then if there, it's a lot of that soil will end up dropping off out in the field. And I find that I could, within five, 10 minutes, I could go out and with um with a big screwdriver or a pry bar or something, and and I could just chip off some of the some of the bigger clumps of dirt. And so that if I did end up with club root or some other diseases that are that are carried in the soil on in some of that dirt. At least I'm not spreading it that much of it to the next field. I I have also a couple of the fields that have got that have got that have got some wetter entryways into it. We've gone and, and put a put a second approach into it. And just to find that, you know, if you're if you're coming in and out of especially a, a wetter area and if you if you happen to clean your machine there and and it just seems to be a real environment to where club root spores would, would like and would survive in. And so then we've we've ended up putting a second approach in so that we'll enter through one and we could exit to the other one with with the some of the equipment, like especially the cedar. That's great to hear. You're taking it very, very seriously on the farm, Keith. And you know, um, you know, when we talk about club root management, there's there's a number of factors producers can can do. Um, I think a big one as well is controlling volunteer weeds. Um, that are, you know, a brassica species such as volunteer canola, that's one of our, our top weeds now, um, and other, you know, weeds such as, you know, stinkweed, shepherd's purse, um, clicksweed, wild mustard that, that are well, um, that are as well host for the disease. So there's, there's a number of things producers can do. And, you know, I think as well, when we talk about crop rotation and, and managing club roots, um, we have to also realize that it depends on our spore level in the soil um, depending on the concentration of spores that are present, whether it's, you know, a uh, hundred thousand and we're just starting to see some galls on the roots or a very low amount, you know, uh, less than a hundred thousand or, or up in the millions. Um, and just having a good spread out crop rotation allows us to get those spore levels down or to be doing other practices uh, along those lines. Other than that, I, I do want to mention too that, you know, with the, um, with the Ministry of Agriculture and SAS Canola, um, you know, we do have the, the soil sampling program um, or a producer can go on their own as well and, and or have an agronomist check their fields where they could sample a field, um, you know, or certain parts of the field to see if the presence of club root is there or not. So we can kind of, you know, let producers make decisions and, and 
if they if they find that they detect clubroot on their farm, they have very good management tools around it as well. We have very good resources to help producers um, and even producers who want to be proactive uh, and you know prevent not getting it or do as much as they can to to prevent not getting it. So I yeah, I give you credit for for being a kind of uh, proactive with it, Keith. Yeah, and South Carolina has has worked with the government on on the surveys uh, the last two years. And last year we distributed quite a few of the clubroot kits out, so you could do the testing. And those clubroot kits will be available again this year through South Canola. So if any of the producers are are interested in in doing tests on their field just to see if they they have a have a spore count out there, that uh, yeah, that that those tools are are available. To wrap up, I asked Corey for an overview of the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture's club root management plan. What would you want farmers to start doing from a club root management perspective? I guess a lot of it comes back to knowing what's in your field. Um, you know, if you're not actively scouting, to be actively scouting. If you can't scout or you don't have enough time to, um, to have an agronomist do it just to make sure you know what's going on and if we're seeing any suspect plants or patches to be um, really addressing and, and seeing and investigating what's further, um, you know, kind of catching it early. That, that's a big one. Um, encouraging producers to maybe look at diversifying out their crop rotations or extending them, um, even though we only see a, a you know, three-year rotation for club root, but I think there's many benefits to, um, to a more lengthened rotation. And then just to be cognizant of what you're doing, you know, we talked about, um, that controlling volunteer weeds is just as important as having, you know, uh, it's, it's an important strategy for controlling club root or to minimizing it. So just, you know, realizing that, yes, you might be practicing, you know, a good rotation or, or having a good resistant genetics uh, rotation in, in your seed, but also to just be aware that, you know, controlling volunteer weeds is very important as well and, and plays a role. So it's kind of an integrated approach that producers need to be aware of. And then, just you know, being aware of it and kind of if you have club root to actively management, um, it's better to kind of you know get at it now rather than putting your head in the sand or and trying to you know not deal with it. it um, it's a lot easier to deal with it when it's when it's a lesser issue versus a, a larger issue. So that that would be from my perspective. Corey and Keith have covered off the major steps for club root prevention and management. In Canola Watch, we often include the club root management recipe. The recipe has six ingredients and it's important to include all six to make the recipe work. The first ingredient is to have two or more years between canola crops. With a two-year break between canola hosts, fields can experience a rapid decline in living, resting spores. Ingredient two, seed clubroot resistant varieties. Planting clubroot resistant varieties before the disease arrives and gets established will give you a better chance of keeping the resting spore load at a manageable level. Rotation of resistance could also be important to maintain resistance efficacy. 3. Scout for symptoms, even if growing a clubroot resistant variety. Galls can begin to form on canola plants about three weeks after germination and will grow steadily until harvest. Anytime you're in a field, pull up plants to check for galls, which are white, round, tuber-like structures growing along the roots, often close to the taproot. They will grow throughout the season, and in serious cases, the taproot may be a disfigured, misshapen cluster by harvest. 
Even if gulls don't cause a noticeable reduction in yield this year, they can cause a massive increase in spore loads in those fields. If you don't see visual symptoms, a soil test for clubroot DNA can provide an early indicator. You can find lots more on scouting and tips for plant and soil testing at clubroot.ca. Ingredient 4. Reduce soil movement. Limit activities that can introduce foreign soil or cause erosion. Equipment sanitation, which can be as simple as knocking off visible dirt before leaving a field, will greatly reduce the risk of moving infested soil around. 5. Control host weeds. Common weeds that can host clubroot include volunteer canola, obviously, but also stinkweed, shepherd's purse, flixweed, and all mustards. When these weeds are allowed to grow in break crops, it can reduce the benefits of crop rotation to reduce spore load. And 6. Isolate field entrances and hotspots. Patches that are visibly worse than the remainder of a field could have billions more spores per gram of soil than elsewhere, and these areas are often the first place where clubroot resistance breaks down. As part of this, having separate field entrances and exits could reduce the amount of infested soil leaving the field on machinery. For lots more on clubroot, including how it works and patch management techniques, please visit clubroot.ca, which is part of the online Canola Encyclopedia. Thanks for doing this, Keith. Really appreciate me just letting you talk about what you do on the farm there. From the farmer perspective, but also from the Saskanola perspective, we we always look forward to being able to have that opportunity to to reach out to the the canola growers within the province here, and and just get some information to them. So you know, I'm always open to this opportunity. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter.